Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Good morning. Here's Eve. Um, if I've not had the chance to meet you yet, my name is uh, Matt McCarrier. We, me and my family. Um, it's funny how I'm going to be talking today a little bit about um, time and uh, just uh, our lives in Christ and what that looks like. And the sermon title this uh, morning is called "What's Next" or "What What Comes Next." And uh, when I found out that uh, I was preaching this morning, I always I've preached on this day a couple of times before, where it's right around the, the new year, right when everything transitions right after, um, the Sunday after Christmas Eve. And a lot of times I kind of struggle or we're looking for, what are we going to say? What are we going to do? It's always like that. It's a one-off, you know, we call them. It's always, it's like by itself and it hangs out. And um, sometimes, you know, we go in the, the direction of like, well, what are we going to do for New Year's resolutions? What are we going to do for um, uh, these uh, coming New Year and, and what do we want to change going into the New Year? And I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different and reflect on that feeling we get maybe after um, something big happens. I don't know if you're like me where you feel maybe a little bit of a letdown after something happens. When you come back from vacation, the day after a big event, the day after something you're excited for, you feel kind of um, a little bit off the cliff, right? It, it kind of dips there. And sometimes that can be you know, really, really uh, triggering something like a, a, go into a full-on depression for those of you who are struggling with that, where if it's something really big life happening, like what do I go after this? Uh, where do I go after this? What happens next? And when we think about the birth of Christ, we think about the story that we've been looking at and leading up to through Advent, uh, and we think about the time that's spent up into it, the waiting. That's why I, I mentioned in the beginning I was thinking about time. And uh, as I was thinking about, you know, the, the time in the story, this waiting period in Advent of throughout history in my own life, I thought about how quickly time passes and how um, little Sometimes uh, it, it's, it feels like sand going through our hands, right? And yet we are sometimes looking for the next big event, right? And uh, because we feel that feeling of dropping off. And I mention all that because coming into this new year, I think I'm coming into f- almost five years being back here with all of you. And it was hard to, uh, you know, wrap my head around that and just how fast time goes and how um, when we look back at time, and we look back at our lives about how the monotony, the, the little, the, what I'm going to use for this morning in the analogy, the valleys in our, in our trek are, um, oftentimes we forget about them, and yet they're really formative. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. Like I said, this morning's uh, title is called What's Next? Uh, we're going to look at a little passage it's tiny. I'm sure you've read it before, but it's right after um, the birth of Jesus. It's in Luke. And so we're going to start out by uh, reading that this morning. If you want to turn with me, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke 2, Luke 2, 39 through 52. Um, and so just to kind of set this up, 
Uh, the story is uh, Jesus has been born. Uh, the, Mary and Joseph have taken him to the temple uh, to have all of the dedication rites, uh, for him to be circumcised, for all of these things to happen that needed to for a uh, young Jewish newborn. And so they've gone through all this process. The, uh, there's been people that have approached Jesus and his family. Uh, Simeon and, uh, is one of them. It's the story right before this. And, uh, and so we see uh, an Anna the prophet... Uh, is one that approaches them right before. And so we see these people, these big experiences, right? We've just had, I, I just think about Mary and Joseph and what this must have been. And not only just for them, but for the people. Right? We think about uh, these people who've been waiting for years, their entire lives. Um, and they come and they finally get to see the fulfillment of what they've been waiting for. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years where people have been waiting and all of a sudden it has happened and it's here. And Mary and Joseph, in their own short time span, if you've ever been um, expecting a child, uh, they've been longing and waiting and, and anticipating and all of a sudden that is here and it's been fulfilled. And so in many ways, there's this situation that's happening right now where there's kind of a, now what? Now what do we do, right? We have this baby. We, and I remember that feeling um, whenever I came home from the hospital with uh, my daughter Zoe and, and my wife and I, we were sitting there and it was like that first realization where you have that first moment of calm and you're just like, what now, <laughs> right? You know, like this, is, this thing's not going away, right? You know, and, and now our whole life is different and our, our, our family is different. Everything is different. And now what's next, and we see this uh, just kind of little glimpse. It's really kind of cool. Like I said, it's uh, Luke 2, 39. Um, all of this has happened, and it says, When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor, favor was on him. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed that he was among other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic. We've been searching everywhere for you. But why did you need to search, he said. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and his mother stored these things up in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. I find that passage interesting because if you read through the Bible, we see the fulfillment of this longing, of this, you know, you, you look at this, right, all of this up to this point, has been pointing towards the birth of this child. Everything has been leading up to this point. And we know that Jesus was 30 when he went out to start his 
his ministry out and to start his ministries. Um, and so for 30 years, the majority of our Savior's life, that's what we know about it. What I just read you this much, tiny little section, is everything we know about the first 30 years, the majority of our Savior's life, God on this planet, we know that much. One story from when he was 12. And that strikes me as odd. It strikes me, it's always been something that I've struggled with. We know more about the childhood of David. We know more about the childhood of Moses. We know more about these things. But yet this person who we've been waiting for, we've been longing for this, this uh, season of Advent that the, the nation the, of Israel had been longing and waiting for, they're like, yeah, he grew up. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, yeah, I'd like a little bit more. But I think that there's a purpose for that. And I want to share it with you this morning, at least what I take away from that, what I take away from why that's there. And, and I've, I've thought about this for a lot. And I think um, it kind of just goes into our, our key point today, um, is that the majority of our life is lived in the valleys. And for, again, for the example of this morning, uh, the analogy that I'm going to be using is that the mountaintops are big experience, not necessarily happy ones. A lot of times we equate that to being a happy experience, but just big experience. A mountaintop experience could be a, a death of a loved one. It could be something that, it, sometimes that's hard for us to think because we feel very low at those times, but it's something that is big in our lives. It's something that sticks out to us, that we remember, that is stuck there. And I, so in my kind of way this morning, that's what I'm thinking of when I say a mountaintop experience, something that is uh, maybe something we've been waiting for or something that is uh, going to stay with us for a long time. And these valley experiences are ones where we're just trying to kind of get to the next mountaintop, right? We're just, we're just trekking along, right? We're just in this... Uh, March, we're on this, this uh, path along the way. And, uh, and we get some of these mountaintops. We get some of these. Uh, and you can take this. The thing I like about this example is you can do it on a macro level, right, real big. Or you can take it small day by day by day, right? Like I, I really like, um, look forward to a lot of people. Um, when I talk to them, they're like, I look forward to lunch every day, right? That's my, that's my mountaintop experience, you know, during work. You know, I get through the morning and I wait for lunch. And then afterwards, it's like ah, getting through the rest of the day is hard because I, I've used up my, my mountaintop experience. And then on big lifetime experiences, it's things like getting married, having kids. It's, it's things like going on vacations. It's things like doing these trips that you want or going with friends and doing things that are life experiences or achieving things in our jobs and our lives that we are looking forward to. And we see Jesus having big, big mountaintop experiences in his life. And yet the majority of his life leading up to that was just foundational. It was building. And that's what I say. Twice it says in there, it says that um, he grew up healthy, strong, and he was filled with wisdom. And then again, it says here, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor. Um, it says that he was just growing. And that's just one of those things where it's so simplistic and we struggle with it. Um, but the truth of it is, is that the majority of our lives are going to be in these times where we're walking through things that aren't very exciting aren't major experiences. And sometimes when we're in that, we kind of struggle with that, what now? Uh, one and I was thinking about this service, and every time I'm thinking about this idea, 
I come back to an experience that I had in my life. Um, when I was in uh, college, a good friend of mine, and uh, well, it was actually a couple of good friends of mine, uh, we decided to hike part of the Appalachian Trail. Uh, I'm, a ve- I'm very much an outdoorsy person. I very much like we do, my, my family, we like to do kayaking, hiking, camping, uh, you name it. So we, we spend a lot of time outside, and, and that was one of my dreams. I said, I'd like to do some hiking, some long-distance hiking. And so we had planned this trip. The trip was about, supposed to take about six, seven days. Uh, we, were, we were hoping to do about 10 miles a day, so our plan was to do about 60 miles on the trail. That's what we had, um, we had planned out. Only one of us on the experience had ever done hiking like this before. All of us were experienced uh, campers and things like this, but only one of us had done this. And so we were all pretty green, and uh, it, was a, it was an experience. Uh, it was something that radically changed me, you know, even understanding what to pack, how to pack, and there was a lot of mistakes that were made, a lot of things that I brought that I wouldn't bring again. Um, we ended up cutting the trip short because we got to about like 40, 45 miles and we were like, we're just done. <laughs> we don't have it in us. We've seen the things that we want to see and we've done, we're like, check it off the list. Um, but the thing I remember about that is that we had planned this trip out. We had, we had marked out where we wanted to go and we had circled these points and again, I, for the sake of the analogy, these were mountaintop experiences, things that we needed to see that we wanted to see. And sometimes we had to go off of our path to get to them and hike back down to the main path a little bit. So it added to our, our trip, you know, going here and there. And the majority of the trip was monotonous. <laughs> the majority of the trip is looking like this. <laughs> You know what I mean? You've got your back on you, and you're just, okay. And you look up, and yep, still the trail. You know, and, and that is your trip. And when you think about life, that's kind of how life is. And I think about that trip because when I, when I think back to the trip, I do remember those mountaintop experiences, but everything that I learned, and I'm going to be jumping into the points a little bit early, but everything that I learned on that trip came from the valley experiences. It came from trying to get to these places that I had marked on the map to try and see. It was learning that I didn't have the right boots or that I didn't have the right, you know, pack or that my pack wasn't fitted right for me. It wasn't the right size or that we brought a frying pan and why do we need a frying pan, right? We never use it once and it weighs five pounds, right? Um, And all these things, like we brought an extra pair of shoes. I, one of the guys on the trip just tossed his shoes. He's like, you know what? We don't need them. And, and you know, it's like we threw them in the trash can we saw along the way. So it, it, we learn things in these, in these parts that aren't these big mountaintop experiences. And those big mountaintop experiences, I have lots of pictures. Uh, sometimes they flash through on the background of my computer. I look at them and I think back like, Wow. But every once in a while, I like to throw in some that we took. My one buddy, I was thankful because the majority of my photos were from those points that we wanted. The majority of his were from the valley experience. And I looked much more fondly back on those, if I'm being honest, because those are ones where it's us as a group. There was one where it started pouring down rain. And we're just, it's like three days into this thing, and we are all just tired, exhausted, and it's pouring down rain. And uh, we're hiking through the mud, and, and he, he uh, we're all sitting there. We are not happy. 
And, uh, and he tells us, he's like, hey, everybody, look up. And we look up, and he's like, snaps a picture. And all of us are just like, <laughs> and it's just like, but he was like, yeah. And I look back at that, and I smile every single time. Because in that moment, I remember thinking, sitting on that bench, I can't do this. Like, I can't go on. Uh, like I'm, we're, I was trying to contemplate in my head, like, how to get out of this. How to, like, I'm in the middle of the wilderness. How do I go home? And um, it was interesting because in that moment, I remember all of us kind of together deciding we're going to stand up and we're going to go. And I remember us like having to work at that. There was a moment in that spot, that picture represents where all of us were like, this is really bad. <laughs> like we're not having fun. And we all kind of admitted that. And then in that moment, we all kind of said, but what else is there to do? There's to, to, to stand up and go. Uh, to keep walking, we need to keep going. And uh, there was something that taught, that taught us all in that moment. And um, as I think about life and going through as we step into a new year, as we leave an old one, as we have these experiences we're looking forward to in the new year, as we have ones that we've had in the old year that we've come out of, um, what do we do in these times that are inevitably going to be the largest portion of our lives. Um, and I think that there's some pitfalls we can fall into and there's some things that we can look at. And so the first um, point that I want to make is that uh, we often chase mountaintop experiences and we miss the here and now. There's so often whenever God's trying to teach us something here right now and we are just so focused. Either we have our head down, trudging along, or we are so focused up that we can't see anything around us. And there's, there's a lot that we can take from that. I mean, there's just even, if you are a person who spends a lot of time in nature, um, things that I've learned over, over the years is that if you keep your head down, or if you're too focused out, then you miss all the beauty that you're going to experience, the point of going out in the first place. Um, as I walk through, if, you're, if you have your head up, and if you are just there to experience, you see nature, you see animals, you see things that you wouldn't normally see, and you get to experience things that you normally wouldn't. And so there is something to um, being present in the moment. There's something to saying, okay, what's next? You know what? I'm not sure. Right? I think about Mary where she says she treasured those things up in her heart. She stored them. It's not like she ignored them, but at the same time, she wasn't like, and maybe she was sometimes, we don't know, but I, and it doesn't tell us in that moment that she was like, okay, the next thing I need to do is to um, get him the right tutor, right? He's got to be really smart in the, in the word because if he doesn't have the right tutor, then he's not going to be able to live up to who he needs to be. There's all these things where they could have been very much looking to the next mountaintop experiences. How is he going to be who he needs to be here and miss this? This thing that is just training him up, right? The life where he needed to experience life, to be in amongst his friends and his family. Uh, and there's a lot of times where we look at that. What are we supposed to do next? What's our next big thing? Or we, we hope that we can get to this level in our jobs or in our, in our uh, relationships. And sometimes God's like, listen, I, just, I need you to experience where you're at now. This is where you're going to learn. This is where you're going to build and I don't want you to miss this. And we can start to manufacture things to try to, like, false mountaintop experiences. It happens a lot within religion. 
uh, to try and manufacture these experiences that are supposed to come naturally. Uh, we do that often um, with uh, different um, festivals or different things like that where we say, listen, we really, really want God to show up. And God's like, well, I'm always there, but if you really need that mountaintop experience, okay. And I'm not saying that all things are bad. I'm just saying we can fall into that trap where we're constantly, it's like, it's like a, it's an addiction almost where I need another hit of this, this experience in order to feel like it's, it's anything. I mean, we can fall into this trap with a lot of things in our lives, whether it comes from like, you know, food or, or uh, social media or, or technology where we get into um, an addictive pattern. And the same thing happens with these experiences in our lives where, you know, wh why am I not experiencing these really big things that other people are? Or why haven't I, I want to get married and I haven't experienced that yet. Or I want to have a child and I haven't experienced that yet. What can I do? Or what, I haven't experienced this job that I'm looking for. And we miss everything that God has laid out for us in the here and now. And point two, um, the valleys are where God does most of his shaping. If you just go from the analogy, like, the valleys are where you learn how to hike up the mountain. Like the, the, if you just go from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience, you never build endurance. You never build um, the ability to discern direction, right? Like there were a bunch of times where we got lost. Uh, if you have ever uh, hiked the Appalachian Trail, sometimes uh, the blazes are very, very good, and sometimes they're not so good, and sometimes they're very confusing. So there were times where we had to backtrack and go back, and we learned that in this quagmire of down below. It's up top on the mountains where it's a touristy area, they're very well marked. It's pretty easy to, to navigate. You don't get lost very often. When you're experiencing God on these big, huge high notes or on these big experiences, it's not hard to miss them, and it's not hard to understand where you need to go. It's oftentimes why when we have something like Christmas, we feel closer to God, and then as time goes away, we, we tend to be like, man, I just feel so distant. It's because we're in the valley where things aren't as clearly marked. And we can run from that because we get scared. We can say, I don't know how to navigate this. I'm worried. This is very scary. Or we can say, all right, what do I need to learn to get through this? What kind of maps do I need? What kind of equipment do I need? What kind of people do I need around me? What kind of things do I need to do that? And that's how we are shaped and formed. And then, again, this is a pretty quick message uh, for, the, for the new year. Um, point three is the valleys are where you find water. Um, if, if, you're, if you're a person who obviously rivers and things like that start in the mountains, they come down, so it's possible to find it up there. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's not, but the easier place to find it is down in the valleys where it all runs down the hills, down into the rivers. I remember, uh, again, it's, you might not think because you're only out there for like six or seven days, but um, water becomes an issue after a couple of days. We, we would carry canteens on our packs, um, but they empty out after a little while. And uh, I remember one day where we were up on top of a mountain, and this is not, an this is not a joke, this, I was thinking about this when I was writing this. We were up on top of a mountain, and we said we couldn't find water anywhere, and most of us were out of water. We had like, we were down to one canteen, and we were okay, we were fine, like we had been drinking water all day. But we knew the next day, we were like, we don't know 
where to find water the next day. And so we were looking at our maps, and there was supposed to be this creek down, below, down in the valley down below where we were up on top of the mountain. So we said, well, the next day, next morning, we're going to hike down there. So we'll make camp up on top of the mountain tonight. We'll hike down the next morning. We'll get water in the morning. It'll be good. And I remember hiking down there and there not being any water because it hadn't rained. <laughs> and us then kind of being like, uh, and so we panicked and we started looking and we had to go further down. And it was once we got further and further down, eventually we made it down into another valley where this river was supposed to wind and we found some water. And I remember that it took a little while um, and there was a little bit of panic there. But again, for this analogy, for this idea is that there's a lot of times when um, we feel spiritually fed at these mountaintop experiences because they're, ex they're exciting. We feel a lot of support around them when there's there. there we feel people, we feel there. And sometimes in the valleys, um, we get really, really, uh, in just the monotony, we get really thirsty. Sometimes we forget to drink. We forget to, you know, take care of ourselves. We, we're just trying to get to that next experience. Like I said, we're trying to get to this next thing and we're just, we've got our head down and we're not looking. And one of the things is that God says, listen, the majority of your life is going to be here. So you need to learn how to find water here. You need to learn how to navigate here. You need to learn how to move through these areas and learn how to be shaped here and get strong. And we see that you, Jesus in his life, one of the really cool things is that as he comes, steps out into his ministry, we see habits in his life that had been built prior to his ministry. If you think that like his prayer life and his, um, his scriptural knowledge and all those things just came to him when he turned 30 because, you know, that was when his time was, then you've got another thing coming. Like the, the, the truth of it is, is that he spent those first 30 years learning how to navigate the monotony so that he would be ready to make the hike whenever the time came. And when God made it known to him that it was the time, he was able to step out into it. And again, I, I share that because I struggle with this personally. Uh, my family knows this too. There's times when I'm like, I just don't know what God's calling me to do. And sometimes my family is like, maybe he's just calling you to be Matt and chill. <laughs> you know, like maybe he's just calling you to be who you are. Like, and, and to be in this place. And there's so many times when I'm so concerned about this next thing. Or what God is calling me. Or that mountain that I see in the distance and I'm like, how am I going to scale that? I'm, I'm trying to prep now. I, need, I don't have the equipment, right? I don't, I, that's a totally different climb than what I'm used to. And I need it. And what I'm forgetting is that I'll get it along the way. I'll learn it as we go, as I pick up experiences, as you make little hikes, as you do this. And it's, it's funny things. It's like we're teaching uh, my daughters now. We, we want to take them uh, to Alaska. My wife and I have gone to Alaska and uh, we want to go back there with my daughters, and we do a lot of hiking there, a lot of intense hiking, and so we've started training them now, and it seems silly to them uh, because we're just doing little hikes, like we're doing these little things and stuff, but it's teaching them the small things that I know they'll need, the uneven ground that they're going to have to be, where there's no pavement, <laughs> there's no walkways, there's no trails because there's no civilization for miles and miles and miles. And so when they learn that, okay, I need to be able to have sturdy feet even whenever things are uneven, then they can take that and it gets bigger and we'll learn and we'll learn. But I want to encourage you, I don't know where you're at, 
I'm not sure where you are along this. You know, maybe you're already in a place where you're at peace being in those valleys. And if you are, then more power to you. And there's also the reverse, um, which I think can happen where people get, they're afraid to climb the mountains or they get lot, they get trapped down in the valleys. And that's, I think, a different sermon for a different day. But uh, maybe you're there too. Maybe you're like, I feel like I've done nothing in my life. I've just been preparing for, for everything. And every time something comes, I just get so scared to step out. Um, and so there might be that, but I think the majority of us, uh, we, we just get lost in the, in the monotony, you know, in the everyday, and we forget to, to find water. We forget to, to um, eat, right? To, uh, to be exercising and to be um, gathering up our equipment. Like that's, all these things are metaphors for reading your word and for prayer and for spending time with, with each other in, in fellowship. These things are what prepare us. And then whenever that time comes, we're ready and we're not have to worry about it. We're not in a place where we're panicked. So again, I'm not sure where you are. I hope it's encouraging. I, I, sometimes I get into this place, like I said, where I, I look at Jesus's life because the majority of what we see about his life is so fantastic. And, and if I'm called to be a Christian, I'm supposed to be Christ-like. And so I look at it and I'm like, I can't, I can't, which is the point. Um, but it's also discouraging. And then I look at this small section here and I said, the majority of his life was just being a carpenter. It was every day. The majority of his life was learning and shaping and prepping. And, uh, and so for that, I think it allows me to, to step back a bit and say, I'm okay to be in a place of prepping and shaping and, and learning. Um, and I don't know if that gives you a, maybe um, a little bit of breathing room or maybe it allows you to step back some. Um, but that's what I want to encourage you for this, this new year is um, be preparing in those places. And if you're in a valley place, um, use it as a time. Be present um, and, not, and uh, look at it as a time to prep, not as a time to, uh, to be lost or to have your head down. So. And with that, um, I would encourage our uh, worship team to come on back up, and uh, would you join me in prayer? Dear God, we just come before you this morning, and we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. God, there's so many times when we're making this journey, and Paul calls it a race. Your word calls it a path that is difficult and narrow. God, sometimes when we're doing this, we don't feel prepped, we don't feel ready, and yet we know that um, you haven't called us to do things that you won't walk with us in. And so, God, as we are going through this life, as we're traveling, as we are trying to live as good representatives, representatives of your kingdom, God, allow us to be present in the everyday. Allow us to learn the lessons that you desire for us to learn from our family and our friends, the people that are around us that we are being shaped by. Allow us to be open and present to that. God, allow us to be digging into your word day in and day out so that when the time comes that we have to face something big, we are ready. And God, if we are facing something big and we feel like we aren't, God, just bolster us with the Holy Spirit and with people to help us. There's times when, just like me on that hike where I felt like I couldn't go further. It was bad. 
And God, there's times like that in our lives. There may be times when people are sitting right now in that. God, put people in their lives that are there to help them stand up, to keep walking, to keep going. God, we just pray for each and every person here, each and every person that you call your child in this new year. We lift you up. We love you and we pray. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's Word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.